0: Hello everybody, welcome back to the Green Pole Podcast, I'm Dan Crawford, the editor of Hammy End, and I'm joined for this week's moan by Alan Druitt. Alan, how are you, my friend?
1: Really annoyed, Dan, to be honest. I'm still annoyed, well, and I'm not sure I'm going to stop being or annoyed. Or
0: because of what happened on Monday night?
1: No, no, definitely because of what happened on Monday night. Uh, I, just, I just want the season to end now, to be honest. <laughs> Well, that's a bit dramatic. <laughs> the, the Fulham have sucked the soul out of me. I think. Well, okay,
0: I mean, uh, should I, should I give out the Samaritans number now or later on in the podcast? Uh,
1: I'll let you know how I feel in about twenty minutes' time. down well, I was talking about everyone else. Talking I... about it's is good, isn't it? <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, I, it usually helps. So obviously, the SW six. Oh, we didn't really go the way we hoped it would um, but the performance well, I don't really know how to sum it up really because I think both you and I were reasonably optimistic until that Domino's pizza uh, ambush marketing van pitched up on Stevenage Road and then we all
1: knew what was going to happen didn't we we did Probably a, a good market employee by Chelsea, to be honest. I think they uh, they set him up to it. But they put him up to it because it, it definitely put the mockers on us. But oh, damn. going to, to you mentioned their us. name
0: on the podcast. I mean, you know, we try and it's a family show. No swearing, but OK.
1: Oh, yes, I do apologise. Them Thank not down the road.
0: Thank you. Um, <laughs> right. And the next part of the podcast is going to be difficult because we're going to have to... Talk about the squatters being half-decent at football, which is a phenomenon that we haven't had to discuss for a little while. I'd like to ask you a question. Were they really good or were we
1: really poor? I, I want to say we were really poor, but you know, I, I like to think we're quite balanced on this podcast. They were, they were better than they have been this season. I, I do feel we may have showed him a little bit too much respect at the start, but I think Pochettino got his tactics spot on. He, Whenever they had the ball, they were told to keep it as far away from Paulina as possible. I think they they sort of got rid of our strength with Paulina in the middle When every opportunity they got the ball out wide as quickly as they could and just alienated the mid, our Field. Our midfield just couldn't get into the game. Uh, I'm not sure was
0: actually there.
1: Well, this is it, and I think it's more—it's more a credit to Poch's ta- Pochettino's tactics than rather than our our demise, if you like. But credit where credit's due, they were—they were—they were really good for the first twenty minutes. And as soon as you go one-nil down, you just want to shore things up. You just want to have a bit of the ball because we had no out ball, which is really frustrating. Um, and even more so, Monday proved how much we do actually miss the the big sub because Oh,
0: well, well, <laughs> I'm yeah, sorry, I'm I, don't, I I don't know who you're referring to. I've wiped him from my memory bank.
1: There was I know. I, I tried here for
0: a little bit. and might have scored a few goals, but he missed a lot of penalties. Is he that did. What you
1: talking about? It is yes, and I, I do try and swipe him from my memory altogether. But seeing the performance on Monday night, and Jimenez just. He just couldn't get into it. It's just a mess. We don't look like scoring, and the problem is when we are under the cosh, which we were a lot for this first fifteen minutes before they even scored anyway. The problem that Castagna and Robinson have—they both had—is they had no out, out ball. So the only thing they could do was either pass it inwards, where Chelsea had it contested anyway, or they tried to kick it long to Jimenez, and he just he just couldn't get he just couldn't hold the ball. Whereas with Mitrovic he used to to sort of come closer to the defence to try and link up play and then we worked around that. I don't know yeah, if I mean, it's I mean, him and his can't do it, hmm. or if we're just not we just haven't gelled yet, but I hope it is the, the latter rather than the first part.
0: So you've hit on a number of problems there. I I I, I I just point out I was absolutely coated off by you both online and offline for giving credit to another of our local rivals. Too much credit, in your view, mm. on, on a previous podcast. So, you yes, know, I, 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 I shall refrain. And, and you know it offends me to give um, the the uh, sanctioned side in Fulham any particular praise. Uh, so I won't do it. Um, <laughs> What I would do instead is, did Mark, uh, and again I, I hesitate to criticise Marco Silver in any way, but if we are balanced and fair on this podcast, then we do have to tackle these issues head on. And it felt to me like Marco Silver got his tactics wrong on Monday night. Some of his selections were probably wrong, within with hindsight, but Pochettino played a 4 3 3 or what what was a 4 3 3 when they had the ball with Enzo Fernandez uh, Caicedo and Conor Gallagher in the middle. And it looked like they had been awarded Chloe wrote it in her in her player ratings that um Gallagher and uh oh who did I just say Fernandez appeared to have been given the freedom of Craven Cottage in a private session ceremony in the dressing room before the match. That's the only explanation for how how often they were able to run through the middle of the midfield completely um unattended to, and as you mentioned out wide uh, Mudrick, who previously sort of did a did a great impression of a bloke who ran very fast but couldn't kick the ball, he looked to have the beating of Castagno every time we got away with it twice because he finished badly, then he finished really well um and we were in trouble from that point on but i thought castagna and robinson were not helped by the wingers who were in front of them if ever there was a game for bobby decloud reed on the right flank especially as tete wasn't there you'd think a fullback would need cover against a really rapid um uh, left winger and it felt to me like you know even pereira instead of wobe you know, it felt like we were just trying to play the way that we've always played without countering the strengths of the opposition, which is something we've done well previously. It felt like a disaster from start to finish.
1: It was. And you look at the, se- the start of the season we've had, It's we've not had easy fixtures bar the Luton game. And Everton away is never easy. So I'm not going to put that in that bracket. But we failed to show up. Ninety minutes in two games this season, which is the bus stop in Hounslow, and them not down the road, which is which infuriates me even more. Because if you said to us before the start of the season, by the time we play them not down the road, if you could pick two games to win out of those first seven eight games, it would be those two, and we've we've not even competed in in any of them, which is why. I am very defeatist tonight, and I am given and praised, and that's what Fulham have done to me. But I do think you're right. I don't think Silva helped help things. We did miss Bobby Reed. I've never been his his biggest critic or his biggest fan. I've just seen him as a very good versatile squad player. But as you rightly said, we we missed that energy. We missed we missed him. Which, again, the problem we had was going two 0 down straight after we conceded the first. You know, 20 seconds. I understand Reem, the way he plays, you you can't criticise him for doing that because that's the way he's told to play. But goals change games and 1-0, you sort of go, okay, let's just shore things up. But then when that second goal goes in, you've got a mountain to climb. And again, I still didn't see no reaction. We saw a bit of a reaction in the second half, but it still wasn't enough. I still didn't feel like we'd score. I don't know how you felt, Dan, but it, it did knock the stuffing out of me when that second goal went in. And at half-time, you're just sort of thinking, well, we just don't like scoring. I Do mean,
0: we? well, well, there are two problems, and you've, you've identified them both. So Sorry. I like, <laughs> no, it's fine. It, you know, quite frequently, you make me feel redundant or ready to retire on this podcast. Um, Now, <laughs> the first problem is the defending. Uh, and we do have to address it, because neither... Re- I thought Castagna had a poor game on Monday night. Yeah. Um, in inter- Defensively. But, you know, since he's been playing right-back, left-back, right-back, with different people around him, you'll win it. And, and anyone can have a poor game. And let's just say right at the outset, I get what you're saying about you want to win your local derbies, but we're full of You know, we barely win this derby. We've only won It'd be it. nice to compete, though. We've, this is the point, right? I can accept a lot of things from Fulham, and we frequently do because we've never won anything apart from the Intertoto Cup, which I very loudly reminded the uh, travelling supporters of from the Hammersmith, End when they were singing We've Won It All, because they've never won the Intertoto Cup, a major European trophy, and we have. <laughs> um, there may have been some uh, some choice language in how I phrased it to them. But there we are. Um, The point is, we don't expect to win. You're right. What you expect from a derby is some some passion. And not passion for the sake of it. But when someone is running through your defence repeatedly, you know, there should be a response. But uh, but, uh, defensively, we just come off the back of two clean sheets. So I was quite happy with the back four he selected. Diop and Reem are our best centre-backs at present. They have proven it. Now, I don't know what Issa is doing for the first goal. He he seems to just be watching the ball. If he wants to watch the ball, he can sit in the Hammersmith end with me. Okay? It'd be as much use doing that. Mm. Might even make more atmosphere than some of the tourists who were sat in front of me who didn't seem to care what was going on on the pitch. I'm very glad I didn't pay a hundred and whatever it was pounds to, to watch that game for a general admission ticket in the riverside. Um similarly, I, I don't want to criticise Tim Ream. I've found some of the commentary on the social media and on various websites really disrespectful and sort of they're pensioning him off. I mean he is still younger than I am. I, I'm not required, thankfully, to put on the first team shirt. <laughs> um and we should all be grateful for that. Anyone can make a mistake, he made a mistake, and you're right, conceding those two goals, given how long Chelsea have waited to score a league goal, conceding those two goals was bad enough. But the major problem is, we could still be playing now, and I don't think we'd have scored. And that that is a fundamental problem, because if you're going to make mistakes like we did, you're going to have to have some semblance of trying to get back into it. And we didn't really create any chance. The only chance, the only clear chance we had felt to Oscar's mate Sasa Lukic after a brilliant bit of play by Tom Kearney. But the game had long since gone then. And what concerns me is we've struggled to score goals. We've now got seven points from seven games, which is one point per game, isn't it? Uh, According to my rudimentary maths. So... It behoves the question: Are Fulham in a relegation battle? Is that too dramatic to ask, or is it just a, a reaction, an understandable reaction to not being able to get the ball
1: in the in the onion bone? We're not in a relegation battle. We're not, and we we aren't going to be either this season. Uh, whilst we've got Paulinho in that squad, we're not going down. It, it's it's as simple as that. He's, he's that important to us. If he goes in January. And we don't replace him, and we don't buy a, a striker. Then I may, you may want to quote this, but no, we're not in a relegation battle. There's three worse teams in us in this league. Even if we do struggle to to create too many opportunities, uh, I'm just slightly concerned that I was speaking to a, a friend who's a listener of the podcast Gary, and he actually made a good point: is Scott is. It's unusual, unusual of, for Gary, but go on. It is. It is. The amount of goal, home goals we scored under Parker the season we went down, is that under threat this season? And then I sort of laughed it off, but then I actually sat there and thought, maybe it is. <laughs> Which is uh, very concerning. So we've only scored one league goal at home so far. We have played Luton. I know we've only had three home games in the league, but y- you do worry where are these goals coming from, and as you said, Reem got so much stick. Um, you know, I I fully accept players get stick when they make mistakes. But don't go over the top, which I feel a lot of people did with him. I see people criticising Andreas a lot, which I think's really unfair, because when you don't have much of the ball, our most creative player can't get on it. So what is he meant to do? Not only that, he's he's been asked to to try and link up play with with Jimenez who isn't the same player, clearly. he. Whether it's Vinicius, it's still missing something. We're just, we're just in a bit of a mess at the minute. And it's the first time since we've been doing the Green Pole at the beginning of last season that I am slightly concerned the way things are going. As you said, ticket prices are, are rising. We're not getting much quality in through the doors. And my biggest worry, and I think, it's the case for most Fulham fans at the minute, is I want Marco Silva's future to be sorted as soon as possible because a, a little thing like him signing a two year deal could be such a huge boost to the players, to to the fans, to the squad, to the club in general. Is Silva's future being undecided having an effect on the players like Willie and he was phenomenal for us last season, but he's not yet started this season very well. I know he was injured at the start, but is it having an impact on him? Is it having an impact on a few of the other players? We need to sort things out relatively quickly, Dan, or I can see us having moans like this regularly this season. But no, we're not in a relegation battle.
0: Well, so, I mean, part of my, (laughs) my concern about not being in a relegation battle is simply that The reason that we've decided or you've decided that we're not in a relegation battle is you're confident that there are already three worse teams than us in the Premier League. Yeah, that's Um, what I'm going on. Well, yeah, but that's not really a ringing endorsement of Fulham and our setup and our ability. And should the three teams who you expect to be relegated and by some distance be relegated by some distance, they'll be replaced potentially by stronger sides. And what concerns me, frankly, is I'm not sure that transfer window was acceptable. And I'm not talking no. about not replacing Mitrovic, even though that's a huge bone of contention. We seem to be relying on Silver coaxing out excellent performances from people who are elder statesmen of the game now. I'm talking about Ream. I'm talking about William. I'm talking about Jimenez, and the trend we we have still have the oldest first team squad in the Premier League. And William has been was terrific last year, but he he didn't he hasn't been firing. He's had an Achilles injury; they're not easy to get over. But he also had that offer from Saudi Arabia and one from Nottingham Forest. And you've got to ask yourself now that he's got the big contract. And it's unfair to ask this, but I'll just pose it. You know, how motivated is he? As opposed to when he wanted to earn that contract last season. And also, is it realistic to expect a player to hit those heights when all the other teams have watched him for a year playing for us and and now devised a plan to stop him? Jimenez is a slightly different case, Raul Jimenez. I like Raul Jimenez. I think he'd be a really good player. In a system that was designed for him. We talked about this before. He is now playing currently in a system that was designed for his predecessor. And it doesn't suit him. Principally because he needs runners from midfield and pace in the wide areas. And we don't have either of those things. Obviously, we talked about Ream, who may potentially be replaced by Bassey in the longer term. And I wouldn't want to write Tim Ream off. He's proven us wrong frequently. Um... He's a great guy in the dressing room, but I don't want to pension him off merely to be a cheerleader. But my big point is you're relying on key players um, fighting the sands of time, if you like, in terms of their professional, uh, their their playing careers. And this is not amateur football. It's not in the parks. This is, we're trying to establish ourselves as a Premier League club. And if you don't strengthen, you go backwards. And one of the biggest problems is with that front four. So I just wanted to pose this point on Andreas and, and the like. Um, Harry Wilson, not really hit the heights. Um, how he finished the end of last season. Rather anonymous on Monday night. But I think he was he's not an out-and-out right-sided winger. He's an inverted winger who cuts into space, tries to find the ball. And when he cut into the middle of the pitch, Chelsea had players there. I've done it now. The uh, the, the uh, second uh, string side in Fulham uh, had plenty of blue shirts to congest the midfield. But he hasn't shown enough for me. And the problem is we don't have an offensive right winger, natural right winger, with a Darmatriore injured. We're light on bodies, um, and he picked, uh, and Wilson is not. Um, yet, yet reproducing the form we know he can. Neither is Andreas Pereira. I'll give it, you know he's had a serious injury that he's still recovering from. But it's interesting. You know, I'd, I'd like to see a Wobi. I might like to see a Wobi in that position. But you've got to ask. You know, I think Louis Sahar, prime Louis Sahar, would struggle to create chances and score goals in the setup that we've currently got. Gordon Davis, similarly, you know you could you could recreate Johnny Haynes as a sort of a i model, and I'm not sure he would be able to conjure up uh quality passes in the setup that we've got. you know, I feel like it needs uh, a sense of perspective as well because what we saw on Monday night were excellent performances from Fernandez and Casso and Madrid, who who our opponents have spent significant amounts of money on. Um, And they only beat us 2-0. They eased off. They could have been falling up before they'd even scored a goal. And sometimes you have a bad day. And I think we have to put it down as a bad day. But there are questions that Silva has to solve. And so far, he's unwilling to change the system out. He wants to play the same way. And I think yeah. we might need to look at what we did so effectively last season was we tweaked here a little bit to play against Manchester United at home, to play against Manchester City, to go to places and win, to get results where we didn't expect to get them. And maybe we've been found out a little bit, but the beauty of management is making little changes and reinventing yourself. And just on the point you made, I don't blame Silver for not signing the contract at the moment if the contract as we widely has widely been speculated has been offered. I wouldn't at this point. But the problem for Marco is if we keep putting in performances like that, um, he might not get to the end of the season. You know, if the Khan's are uh, wanting to see a return on their investment, they might not be satisfied if we keep losing and not scoring goals. And then we could be in a really bad position ownership uh, being as it is, would they sack Marco Silva before the end of the season? Oh, I hope we can turn things around, but Saturday becomes really important against Sheffield United, doesn't it?
1: It does, but there has been no investment over the summer. <clears throat> we, I think we've got the second lowest net spend throughout the 20 teams in the Premier League. So, but something has to give, whether that's, the club offering a new contract, or still just seeing out his contract. But I don't see how this improves myself. And yes, Saturdays, Saturdays, big. But let's not make it any bigger than it generally is. We are still level on points with with them, not down the road. They're out, they are eleventh. We're thirteenth. The only see with Jimenez is a tricky one. I was talking to Freddie about this uh, the other day, actually. He seems like a sort of player that would benefit at this moment in time with someone playing alongside him. So if if we're talking about changing things slightly for Saturday, we are going to have more of the ball. So you could probably sacrifice Andreas for Vinicius and go two up top just to sort of mix things up a little bit. Then we've got an out ball in Vinicius who can hold the ball up slightly better. Then we can have him and his running off him. You can then allow the likes of whether that's Bobby Reid, Wilson, William, the, the space to sort of run in infield the way they like to without too much congestion. I don't know, mix it up a little bit. But Silver's stubborn. Um, and even in terms of team selection for Saturday, I don't see it being much different to the team that started Monday night purely because, let's be honest, he's not really got much to choose from at the minute.
0: Well, I mean, all, all I would say about you—you've you, talked about Andreas. The problem for me was Andreas was only a threat on Monday night from set plays, and we were we, we we created some chances from set plays, and on another day, we might have scored one of those headers from corners. Um, I think Pereira probably needs to create a bit more but but he's also important from a defensive point of view he leads the press chelsea played through our press far too easily on monday night yeah uh, roman abramovich's um horrible uh outfit easily played through our press and i do think you know i was disappointed with harrison reed in central midfield and he in, and he had the combination i've never seen jael Polina so ineffectual in a game. Uh but Reed and Polina didn't give the ballast and the protection to the back four that we've come to expect. Now we'll have to hold our hands up and say they were too good for us on the day. And if they play like that, they'll be too good for a lot of Premier League sides. But I think that he does have options. Um Pereira leads the press. Jimenez doesn't press in the same way that Mitrovic had done previously. I don't know why. That's something that's a problem because it unbalances everything behind him. But we're playing yeah. United, not um, Manchester City on Saturday. You've made the point that it'll be a different game. We shouldn't overstate or uh, overexaggerate the problem. I would want to see Pereira in the team and ask yeah. him to show us more of the form and more of their qualities creatively than we saw in his first season at Fulham. Um, uh, And and just in terms, you know, maybe Kenny Tete will be available on Saturday. Maybe not, but it's possible. I wonder if Sasa Lukic comes into it. Could Tom Kearney come into it? I thought that game was made for Kearney to get his foot on it, keep the ball, protect it. And we did improve when he came on. Now, I'm not saying he's got and and you could take Raoul out of the fire. That would be a charitable and 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 sympathetic move. Only, but only if you had a goal proven goal scorer to bring in. And you know, Vinicius has scored goals, but some of his all round play hasn't been up to it so far. But yeah, I, I think we'll do a more extensive preview of the Blades game uh, later this week. Um, so let's get some. Some final reflections. This match, uh, the derby was not it's obviously important to the fan base and the performance was very disappointing, but it's not going to define our season, is it, Al?
1: No, it it won't. It just it just demoralizes the fan the fan base a bit. As as you said earlier on in the pod, it's it's not the fact we lost. It is it is a little bit. I'll be lying if I said it wasn't. But it's more the way we lost and how uncompetitive we were over the course of 90 minutes. But then you look at the stats and if you didn't know the result and you looked at those stats, there was nothing in it. This is why stats aren't always what they lived up to be because we had more possession. I think we had the same amount of shots. And you just think, we we, we just want a bit of fight. And that's worrying where (laughs) if you're not fighting
0: then something's not right. Yeah, and no, I, I, I do think sometimes we sort of underestimate how much it means to the players. I don't think they weren't trying. Somebody wrote somewhere on one of the forums that, you know, Shao was playing at 60% because he's already sorted his move to Bayern Munich yeah. in. That's James. nonsense. I thought that was grossly unfair. I just thought they were better than we were. But the problem was we made it, it, it was too easy. And when you're badly yeah. the pace or beaten, it can look like people aren't trying. I don't think that was. The, I don't think they weren't trying. I just think the intensity that you expect in the first twenty minutes of a derby it wasn't there. And they will have to address that, and we will need a reaction because you better believe Sheffield United will look at that result and go, lads, they look a bit off colour. Here's a chance for us to pick up a win. Yeah. You know? I think that's possible, Um, certainly from their reaction. But we also need to dust ourselves down. You can be sure that Marco hasn't taken this defeat well um, and have asked for extra endeavour on the training field and he may make some changes. You know, if Iwobi can't get in the starting eleven after that, you know, he
1: might be wondering why he's left Goodison Park. I don't know, Al. But again, my my big thing, I've, and I mentioned this pretty much in every podcast, is I don't know his best position, and he's a bit like Bobby Reed in the sense he can play in a number of positions, but I don't think he's better <clears throat> better than what we've got in the player's natural position. I, I wouldn't be. I'd like to see Lukic come in because I think you're right. I think Reed, although they were all quite bad. I think he was probably the worst of the lot. Alongside Ring, get Lukic in. And again, whether he plays Iwobi or Andreas, I want us to stick with Andreas because he's been brilliant for us since he joined last season. And yeah, hopefully, it's a good end to the week, and we can look forward to Saturday with some optimism because at this moment in time, I don't no, have any. We're
0: still, we're <laughs> still a strong. We're still, we've still got a creditable return from the first seven games and there's potential to get us us into double figures, and that would make it one of our most (laughs) successful starts to a Premier League season. Um, So, you know, all is not lost. Uh, All I would say on Iwobi is, if we pay all the add-on fees, we'll pay £22 million for Iwobi, which makes him, I think, our fourth highest signing in in Fulham history, maybe our third highest, depending on which... uh, Version of the transfer fees you believe. You don't pay that sort of money for a reserve, or well, we don't. What we, well, we did
1: with Castania.
0: Well, Castania's only 12 million, and I think eventually he'll find his way into the team. Interesting discussion and a tangent to go on. Um, but what I'm saying is, I think it's grossly unfair to a player of Wobey's ability for him to have to wait every game until something has gone wrong, or the game's in the balance, or we're 2 0 down for him to come off the bench. Where he should, does he play, Dan, well, in, in your opinion?
1: Who, who does well, he come I mean, in the where
0: for? Where would I play him? There's three places you could play him. You could play him in central midfield. I don't think he's an eight or a six. I think he's more naturally a ten. But he can play on either flank. And, you know, there's a case to start him instead of Pereira. I wouldn't do it on Saturday. I'd be tempted to say to him, you've got a free role against Sheffield United. You start on the left-hand side instead of William. And you wander across that pitch, influence the game, cut in on your right foot, but you go wherever you want and you add that dynamism and those intelligent runs into the into the side. I, that's what I've been looking at. But there's a reason I'm not a Premier League manager. Well, there are many reasons, yeah. Alan. So I just <laughs> finished finish the podcast. And, and that is your ground for optimism. I will not be selecting the team for Saturday. Marco will be, and we should all be very happy about that. If you have no more positivity than that out of this podcast, then be thankful for that. I just want to finish, because we're running up against time, with some notices of what the Fulham sides are doing this week in case people want to get along and support them. The under-21s look to bounce back from their first defeat of the season against the same opposition, Leicester City Uh, On Friday night at Motspur Park in the Premier League Cup, do get along and support Hayden Mullins' under twenty one. Should be a great game. Uh, Our under-18s are flying at the moment. Um, They're playing West Bromwich Albion on Saturday morning. I don't think people will be able to get along to that, but do look out for the result uh, and support the team. I do want to give a mention to Fulham's women, Al. Um, and we're a bit closer to having a couple of the ladies join us at some point on the podcast. They beat Stenning Town 16-0 in the FA Cup on Sunday. Cue the jokes about some finishing practice with the ladies for some of our centre forwards. They were very clinical. They're in the third qualifying round of the FA Cup as a result. They play Actonians in Northolt in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, Those of you who know me will know that that's a pretty much a local fixture for myself. Um, So I'll be going along to that. On Sunday, they look for a sixth win in a row against Sutton United at Motspur Park. Sunday, the 8th of October, 2.30 kickoff, £5 for adults, £1 for concessions. Um, We're building up a strong following uh, for Steve J's women's side. And I know the ladies would really appreciate some more support um if you can get along. It's a great day. There's face painting and an opportunity to meet the players, and of course, I've been getting involved in the face painting. Um, So there will be pictorial evidence. I'm promised that this weekend that you can also (laughs) laugh on the socials at my expense, which is normally what people do anyway, isn't it? Al? No, Dan. They wouldn't. They wouldn't (laughs) do that. (laughs) Well, um, I hope this group therapy has been useful for people, not just me and Alan. I'm feeling a bit happier about things. (laughs) Thanks very much, Al, for giving your brand of positivity. And we didn't even have time to talk about how England are going to win the Cricket World Cup, did
1: we? No, we'll do that on Friday. Excellent. (laughs) All right then, mate. Well,
0: thanks for your time. Thanks to everyone for your support for the podcast. And come on, you whites.